Hello YouTube, Sam Ridgway here, owner of Viking Alternative Medicine. And today I want to talk to you about testosterone esters and why you might want to use one over the other. I also have a story to tell you about my experience with testosterone propionate. But first, we need to learn about esters. And what better visual aid could we use besides good old-fashioned M&Ms? Just stay with me, I think you're going to like this. But before we get started, I am not a doctor. I don't pretend to be a doctor. I have no formal medical training whatsoever. I can't even legally offer medical advice. This video is informational, not instructional. Consult your physician before injecting or ingesting any medicinal compounds. Now let's get to it. All but one version of testosterone is comprised of two things, the ester and the testosterone itself. I guess you could put a third element in there, which would be the suspension agent, but we're going to keep this at the conceptual level. This is where the M&Ms come into play. We're going to pretend like the hard candy shell is the ester, and the chocolate inside is the testosterone. The first thing we realize is that no matter what color the M&M is, the chocolate is always the same. It looks the same. It tastes the same. It is the same. This is exactly like testosterone. No matter which type of testosterone you have, acetate, propionate, enanthate, cypionate, whatever, it's all exactly the same on the inside. Testosterone is testosterone. The ester separates different versions by lengthening or shortening the time frame with which your body can actually use it. So let's pretend the hard candy shell on an M&M can be thicker for some colors and thinner for others. This represents the shorter and longer esters in testosterone. The only rule here, and this is very important, is the total size of the M&M cannot change. The M&M itself must remain the same size, same height, width, and circumference. Therefore, if we make the outer candy shell thicker, we end up with less chocolate on the inside. So ultimately, what we're doing here is sacrificing the amount of usable testosterone in order to be able to inject less frequently. So let's use the example of test propionate and test cypionate. Test propionate needs to be injected every other day because it has a thinner candy shell. Test cypionate can be injected as infrequently as once a week because the candy shell is thicker. However, out of 100 milligrams of test probe, 80% of it is actual testosterone and 20% is the unusable ester. Test SIP, on the other hand, only gives you 69% of actual testosterone because 31% is consumed by the longer ester. So out of the same one cc of test probe versus test SIP, assuming the concentration in both is the same, you'll get 11% more usable testosterone out of probe. And over the course of a year, 11% adds up. So the question any sane person would have is if we get a lot more testosterone out of test probe, why don't we use it instead of what's far more commonly prescribed, which is test SIP? Well, there are a few reasons. One, you have to inject test probe at least every other day. Some find that to be tedious. Two, test probe usually comes in a 100 milligram concentration where test sip routinely has a 200 milligram version. Therefore, you'd have to ingest twice as much probe as you would sip in order to get the same 200 milligrams. 
And most people would rather not have to inject an entire extra CC into their body on a weekly basis. Three, test probe for most people has wicked post-injection pain, which is commonly referred to as PIP. PIP is when you inject a compound into your body and it hurts like hell. But another reason people would inject Testprope is it's usable by your body a lot faster than TestSip is. However, if you microdose, you eliminate the ester from the equation altogether because you're injecting every day. So after about a week, the ester just doesn't matter anymore. Now, I've already made a video on microdosing. The title is something like Stop Harpooning Yourself. I'll put a link to that video at the end of this one. But to summarize, I break my weekly 1cc injection of testosterone down into seven daily doses. Instead of using an inch-long 25-gauge needle in my leg, which is like playing Russian roulette with your nerves and arteries, I use a small half-inch insulin syringe in my shoulders and pecs, which gives me four different injection sites. I get up every morning, backfill an insulin syringe to 14.2, and inject it. Why? Because it keeps my test levels extremely stable. I also convert far less testosterone into estrogen because I'm not giving my body a huge surge of it once or twice a week. And it keeps my red blood cell count a lot lower. In fact, I've had countless people tell me that microdosing has made their TRT protocol far better than injecting once or twice a week. And I've never heard anybody that's tried microdosing go back to once or twice a week injections. Nobody ever. So to continue my story, one of the pharmacies we use just finished compounding a 200 milligram version of test probe. That makes the concentration equal to that of test sip. So we now get 11% more testosterone and we don't have to inject twice as much propocyp. Problem solved. Or is it? I couldn't wait to get my hands on this new product. In my mind, I was going to coin the phrase vicrodosing because using 200 milligrams of testprope would give people an 11% increase in usable testosterone without them having to change anything they were currently doing. And that would be awesome. So I'm pretty sure I met the FedEx guy on my front porch with my insulin syringe in my hand. That's how excited I was. I immediately injected my daily dose of testosterone using the newly acquired test probe and I waited. Everything was good for about 12 hours and then my shoulder started feeling a little bruised. By the next morning it felt like someone had taken a baseball bat to it. Welcome to PIP. I did the injection on Monday, today is Saturday, and it still hurts to raise my arm. Is it the most pain I've ever been in? Of course not, but it certainly isn't pleasant. The next day, I was not looking forward to my injection. I already had pain in my shoulder, and the thought of injecting into my left pack, virtually disabling the entire left side of my body, did not sound appealing at all. Now, I had recently started lifting heavy at the gym, against my own advice, I might add, so I had DECA prescribed to protect my joints. I thought to myself, what if I dilute the test probe with a microdose of DECA? Could that decrease the acidic content of the testosterone and make it tolerable? I loaded both compounds into the syringe, mixed them up, said a prayer, and hoped for the best. And to my surprise, no PIP whatsoever. So the name Vicrodosing could potentially be resurrected. Because to be honest, since I've started using it, I'd recommend a therapeutic dose of DECA anyway. 
I'll do a video soon on the virtues of DECA, but for this story, let's just say it solved a big problem for me. Now, here's another thing with testosterone. It's a Schedule Three drug, which is closely monitored by the DEA. Therefore, if you purchased 10 milliliters of 10 probe only to find out it gives you wicked pip, you can't return it like you bought a shirt on Amazon. You buy it at yours and you can't order again until you're 10 days away from that prescription running out. There's even a national database that gets searched by all licensed pharmacies before your prescription is filled. So you can't just call another clinic and have them send you a vial either. Everybody knows the last time you got testosterone. So what's the takeaway from this video? First, test probe in any form has been known to cause all kinds of PIP. So even if you have a 160-40 blend of SIP and probe, 180-20, 250, doesn't matter. Many people experience injection pain if test probe is in the compound at all. Given my experience, even though the DECA smoothed everything out, I personally won't purchase anything with test probe ever again. Screw that shit, it's not worth the risk. Second, I'm going to recoin the phrase vicrodosing to include a daily microdose of test sip mixed with a microdose of DECA. It's a beautiful combination and if you include HGH into your protocol as well, you won't need anything else to accomplish your goals, no matter what your goals are. And third, where could one possibly get a consultation with a medical professional to discuss whether vicrodosing is right for you? Yep, Viking Alternative Medicine. You can even schedule your own appointment on our website, www.vikingalternative.com. So I hope you learned something from this video. So don't forget to subscribe and always remember, you are never too old to live like a Viking. Vicrodosing, it's a thing. Until next time, peace out.